Hello sports fans, welcome to Bold Sports. This is Steve. And Matt. We will be discussing all Pittsburgh sports from Steelers to Penguins and Pirates, with some talk on local colleges, and we may have a rare look at Whitfield. Tune in each week at Sorgatron Media for Bold Sports. Hey folks, we're back for another episode of Bold Sports, episode 37. So, Matt... You're just off work having a beer? I am, Steve. How was your sports week? Sports week, overwhelming. Overwhelming. So much to talk about. I don't want to do any spoilers, but let's just say that, you know, the, the games that were supposed to be fun to watch were fun to watch, and games that were supposed to possibly break your heart broke your heart, and um, Vegas did their big Knights in Armor show, and... Which is quite awesome. So it was pretty much everything we expected it to be in terms of the weekend. I didn't watch a lick of the Indy 500. I um, watched about three laps. Yeah, I watched I watched parts of five different soccer games on Saturday. That I did not. I was at work Saturday. Yeah. I, yeah, Saturday I woke up. I closed Friday night. I closed Saturday night. So Saturday I woke up at like three. <laughs> Took the Charlie to the mall, picked up the car from Amanda and went to work, and then I came home at 3 in the morning. <laughs> so whatever sports were on at work is what I got to see, and I didn't get to see much at work. That's too bad. Uh, don't you work at a sports bar? Yeah, but when you're busy, you don't really yeah. have to pay attention. Yeah, exactly. I know. No, I, I used to have the same job. Like, I, I was aware. Like, um, I mean, I was aware of what was going on, and somebody's like, oh, the Pirates lost. I'm like, oh, shit, again. See, at least back you. in the house, at least you can listen to the radio. That's true. I, I, I experienced many great memories of, of just radio calls, you know, in, in the food service biz. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm glad that I have a job where I can actually, like, look at the visuals. And, you know, also Saturday wasn't really about work for me. It was about, I just want to watch soccer all day. Is that okay? And, you know, I got the green light for that. Um I had like a 45-minute window between the first two games where I went out and got a grill. Awesome. So that's a, that's to, a much needed... To grill on Memorial Day. That's awesome. You know? So if the, if the uh, English Championship playoff final had gone into overtime, then who knows what we would have had to eat on Monday. Uh, toaster strudel. Toaster strudel for Memorial Day. Happy Memorial Day. Uh, yeah, my Memorial Day weekend is the I actually took off Sunday to hang out with my friends and that crowd of people that we love and enjoy. Uh, they're also a bunch of the fancy football guys I do stuff okay. with. I um, succeeded. Uh, I took, I, I, since I worked till three in the morning Saturday, Sure. Amanda was out with her friends Saturday night and she was a little under the weather Sunday morning as well. Happens. I was not under the weather Sunday morning, but I did not go to bed until 5 a.m. because Amanda was already in bed sleeping, so I decided to drink half a bottle of bourbon. And I went to bed at like, like I said, five, quarter to six in the morning. The, the birds, sun's coming up early these the days. The suns were coming up, the sun was coming up early. The birds were chirping when was, I was going to sleep. Yeah, that's not so bad anymore though. Like. Um, and then, so I slept till about 12. Yeah, I woke Amanda up, and then uh, we jumped in the car, and I, I cheap skated out this year. I bought a Hickory Farms cheese and meat platter, mm. and a fifteen pack of Founders. <laughs> That's not cheap. <laughs> I'm I'm drinking Pabst, man. 
Well, I mean, it was twenty bucks for a fifteen pack. Yeah. I mean, so uh, you know, you had an excuse. You know, I, I showed up you and we're like double. You, I showed up yeah. and I was like, I brought beer and meat and cheese, and they're like, put it in the kitchen with the rest of the food. Well, like, you gotta have the meat and cheese platter. Yeah, yeah. You know, because like people like me who can't stop eating at these types of functions, like right? at some point we need to stop eating like big, hearty, substantial food. You I know? yeah, I did. Like, have I can't about... eat ribs all day. But I can like eat my fill of ribs and uh, then I just like totally walk around like, and four snack chicken on... breasts. Yeah, yeah, four chicken breasts and a bunch of little pepperonis. Yeah, yeah and some cheese, cheese like, cubes. You know, and then I drank some some beer and I floated in a pool. I saw you floating in that pool on on the internet. Yeah, I was floating in the pool and then um, I apparently took a nap in the pool in the floaty with a beer in my hand like, mm. for like an hour, which I guess was much needed. Yeah. But I woke up a little more intoxicated than I should have been, mm. and so we kind of left shortly after that. But whatever stuff yeah. happens, it's you know I, I didn't I didn't be an idiot I didn't wasn't a complete idiot. That's all that matters. Well, that's good because like sometimes you know I wonder. And then on the actual Memorial Day itself, the actual holiday, I ended up working, um, which I was it benefited me to work the day shift. It was pretty decent to work nine a.m. to seven p.m. Good. Yeah. So. Surprising! I thought we weren't gonna have shit to do, and I didn't have shit to do until one o'clock. And then Man. it was one to six is whenever I got my pop. But whatever. I just, I, I could not have imagined like being indoors on Monday. I went to the parade through uh, Brookline and Dormont. Right. Um, Did you follow the parade route since you now live in Brookline? And no, I didn't, there's no need to follow. Like, picked out a spot in the shade and watched them all come by, and then walked back home because it was sweltering. Yeah, it was. And I, I had a grill to clean. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I had skewers to skewer. I mean, it was on. Well, it should have been a new grill, so you had a grill to seize it. Well, it wasn't exactly a new grill. But new to you, grill. New to me. There you go. Hey, that works. Little love, that's all. Little love, that's all it needs. So, uh, also this past weekend, um, the Riverhounds did uh, take its first loss of the season, uh, 1-0 to Nashville. Yep. Uh, la- that was last night uh, on the 30th uh, down in Tennessee, but they had a nil-nil tie with the Penn Football Club last Saturday over Memorial Day weekend. Um, this Saturday, the Hounds have a home game uh, with the Richmond Kickers coming in for a 7 p.m. kickoff this Saturday. Yep. So you have the nice little ESPN app. I do. And you get to watch. I do. The Hounds and so forth. So, did you get to watch any of those two games, the Penn Football Club or Nashville? Yes. How did that, how did that go? Not good. Um, you know, the loss was disappointing, but I'd I'd rather they lost like four to two, just so they could show that they're at least getting goals. Like they're just not scoring. I've you know? noticed that with looking at the standings, it's like. We have the record that says you should be way better than you are, but how soccer scores with the goals for and the goals against and the games played. I mean, that's uh, a tie we're still breaker. down in the standings. Yeah, the, the, the tiebreaker is one thing, but just, I mean, there's not a ton of stats in soccer, but like tends to not score any goals is, you know, that's that's a pretty telling statistic. Like you're not you're not going to keep your like place in the standings for long if you if you're not scoring goals because you can't win if you don't score at least one, and I, I don't even know what they're averaging. I mean, it's it's got to be less than half a goal a game at this point. It's probably so, way less than that. I mean, even I mean, looking that's not, at the that's standings, that's not good. 
I mean, and you can pull up stats about, like, you know, teams that start off a season, you know, have only scored, like, this many average goals, you know, to this point in the season, like, can be expected to score this many total, and teams that tend to score that many goals tend to finish here or there. In the so, stages. is there any soccer leagues that, that don't have a end in a tie that actually do a kickoff? Like, NHL now started instead of ending no, in a tie? No, I don't think so. I don't believe so. Like the, I think the old USL, or not USL, the, uh, the NASL in the 70s when Time Warner and the Cosmos, and it was, it was kind of like, they made it more gimmicky. Like they made the offside rule more like the one in hockey because they thought that would be more easy for Americans to understand. And, um, you know, they, they had like shootouts where like you would start dribbling from like the 40, you know. So instead of taking like a spot kick, like you'd have Pele just like running down like half a giant stadium on like a, on like a breakaway, you know, to, to to try to score a goal on like penalty kicks. So like they they might have done that. Like they had the clock that counts uh, backwards instead of forwards, you know, to, to make it more like palatable to Americans. But I I there's really no soccer leagues that that have overtime in just like regular season games. It's just you know you tie you go home. Well. Hockey scoring is still done on a forwards clock, but even though the game clock counts backwards. Yeah, so, I mean but that's the thing. But that's the thing. Like, I feel like if you're not, if you get into the hockey clock, like, and you understand that, then like once someone like brings up soccer to you, like you're like, you should have I, some. I can follow this. There's you there's know? a little bit of recognition between yeah. hockey and soccer with the offsides plays and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean the idea is like you can't cherry pick. Okay, the idea is they don't want somebody standing like next to the goalie and just trying to like you know, poach easy goals because the other the other players on their team are just, like, flicking them the ball or the puck, you know, over three-quarters of the playing surface. Um, so that's all that is. And, and, it, and it promotes, you know, fast-flowing play and passing. And, you know, teams have to, like, come up with, like, a breakout or some sort of, like, overlapping runs that they use in soccer to, you know, get the ball down the wing. Um None of which seems to be like what the Riverhounds are doing. Like they're not. I haven't they're, they're watched not, like, the full game. They don't have I've the finish. Clips. Like they're the the attacking third. Like it, they just kind of run around the perimeter of the eighteen yard box. They don't. They don't really have anybody big like in there. Like like a real like you know strong like center forward type who can like hold the ball up or maybe like I mean even just like chip it over a defender's head and get get this guy to put a head on it. This this mythical player that they don't have that they're lacking. Uh, they got a lot of small, fast guys that can run around. I mean, I've, I've met them in person. They're not actually small, small, you know? Right. I they're, mean, they're just, they're not the, like, they don't have, like, any of the, the big, tall striker types that they're, I think... They're, they're not are. towering 6'4", six, 6'8", six, yeah. guys. Yeah, like, for example, like, Crystal Palace has this guy, Christian Benteke. Like, his, his main point for being on the field is to, like, you know, basically play, like, a box out in basketball. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, get get on a, whoever's marking you. Like, be able to like use your body like within the rules, but like hold your ground. You know, like maybe, maybe like bump them with your hips a couple times and like give yourself enough space to go up and get a header. Okay. Like the Riverhounds don't have anybody who looks like they're prepared to do that. You know, even in the USL where like none of the tall guys are like super tall because you know they'd be in MLS if they were that. You know, yeah, if they were six four, six five, they'd be an MLS. I, I mean, it, it's it's they've got a really good foundation in terms of their place in the standings, but it's going to slip away if they don't score soon. And it, and it, the the pen tie was tough to watch. 
I mean, at, at least the Nashville game, they had to play with desperation for a while because they were behind. But you get to a point where it's like 20 minutes left and they just haven't done anything, and you know they're probably not going to. So so that was like part of my Saturday that, that kind of bugged me. Um, we'll talk Pirates later. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll talk... Uh... We'll, we'll talk about some sliding. Yeah. I uh, saw some hard slide tackles in the soccer games on Saturday. <laughs> none of which none looked of as which, hard None as... of which fired people up as much as the, the one in, in another sport. They, yeah. not, there's no slide tackling. That you're not allowed to do. You're not supposed they, to do And they it. took it out. They, 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 you used to be able to do it. Yeah. And... We'll give you a hint. It's not hockey. We're not talking about hockey. Yeah. Um, anyway. But uh, so we'll move on to a little bit of the collegiate sports. Uh, Pitt Baseball did make it to the Final Four of the ACC tournament. Yep. Um, they did take the loss to Louisville, uh, but they still remained out of the NCAA overall tournament. They did not have enough to get in on that sure. bid. They had to win the ACC to get yeah, in. Yeah, they, they were the Cinderella. Pitt, Pitt was the 12th seed in the ACC. Right. So, just in the ACC tournament. So, so the, 12, the 12th team in ACC basketball would not get into the yeah, basketball tournament exactly. without so, winning the ACC tournament. Correct. So, uh, baseball's the same way. And baseball's the same way. This is um, good for Pitt, though. Like, this, so, yeah, this is a relevant Pitt baseball this program. This is a relevant Pitt sudden. baseball program. Now, here's what I have in this little statement. We can go off of this for a minute. Is it seems that the ACC has elevated Pitt. In the smaller, non-mainstream collegiate athletics. Right. Um, to where the football program, who you would think joined the ACC, would generate the recruits from Florida and Texas and Louisiana. And you still got a lot of great talent here in Western PA and, and all Pennsylvania and Ohio. Um, but it hasn't brought Pitt up to... Um, where they should be in football. Now, keep in mind, the ACC in football is, you know, the big teams are Miami, Florida State, um, Georgia Tech. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of big teams. You know, Notre Dame's ACC affiliate. They play, mm -hmm. Notre Dame plays five ACC schools a year to be an affiliate. Uh, Boston College is in there, Syracuse. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, now Pitt in the Big East in football, Big East was a basketball conference. It was a weak football conference. You only had Pitt, Boston College, you know, Virginia Tech was in there for a while. Miami mm -hmm. was in there for a while. Syracuse was in the Big East. Rutgers was in the Big East. So it wasn't always a horrible football conference. But then whenever all the schools started to jump, Miami, yeah. Virginia Tech, Virginia, all that, Jumped to the to the ACC. It left Pitt kind of a standalone in the Big yeah. East. That's why they got some really great bowl bids for some years when they got to Fiesta well, Bowl, and they got because they were it was between Pitt and Syracuse. But even the Fiesta Bowl year, they didn't outright win the Big East. Uh, they they, yeah. they finished tied with like I guess West Virginia. Yeah, but the they had like the higher ranking. Well, they were tied so with West Virginia, but they beat West Virginia in the regular season, so that put them over. It, 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 I think the rule was actually that it was whichever team is ranked higher. These conferences didn't want to put a team that wasn't ranked Correct. In, in their like allotted BCS bowl game. Right. So, so Pitt, to their credit, does not have a Big East outright championship. True. And Even they, after like all the big bad boys like Miami and Syracuse and, and Boston College. Or Syracuse left with us, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Virginia Tech. 
Yeah, and and that Miami. was, and then they went to the, the Fiesta Bowl and got slaughtered by Urban Meyer and Alex Smith and Alex Smith. Whenever they, whenever he was at Utah, the Utah Utes, Utes baby, yeah, um, they got slaughtered. Yeah, that was that was bad. Oh man, but, you, know, you know what? Like your your point about like the I guess they said the Olympic sports. Uh, you know, baseball's not really an Olympic sport. Not anymore. Basically, like the non-revenue. I mean, look at the sports. the pit women's softball went to the championship so- game. Softball, you know, softball, baseball, wrestling. Baseball. Wrestling's always good. Wrestling's always but been good. They the raise track their profile f- now being in a bigger conference. And the track and field is track com- is another thing. Like they're in a better conference for track. Soccer, like the ACC, is like pretty much the best soccer conference. Uh, and it's also the best lacrosse conference too. Yeah, and I, um, I mean, I was watching some of the lacrosse uh, on ESPNU at work. Now that Syracuse is in, oh yeah. I mean, it's all it's you know it's always gonna it's always Syracuse, Duke. I mean, North Carolina, Maryland is not in the ACC anymore, but they're from that area where lacrosse is real big, like right. Hopkins. I mean, I think the, the cross, all the best lacrosse programs are sort of in the well, northeast Atlantic Well, the lacrosse final this area. year was uh, UNC and um, Yale. Yale. Yes. And, and UNC won that one. Yeah. No, Yale won. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yale, Yale did win. Yeah. Yale did win. It was hey. their first, uh, first title in lacrosse since, like, the 1800s. Yeah, it was, you know, but, uh, you know, lacrosse is one of those sports that, you know, it's not huge, but there's only a certain demographic that yeah. plays it. It's, I mean, it's regional though too. Like there's, I mean, trust me, there's rich people like all over the country. Oh yeah. You know, but there's a reason besides the, the, you know, like economics that lacrosse is popular. It's, you know, it's, it's got to do with like the history of it, you know? And I mean, it, it started as like a, you know, an Eastern sort of native American sport. And then it, you know, was adopted by like settlers here, like in, in the colonies. It didn't ever. Some something happened at some point where they weren't like packing up their lacrosse sticks for the wagon train west. Right. You well, know what I'm saying, unless they ended up in Denver and they they play at Denver. Well, the move to the ACC has elevated the smaller sports at Pitt, uh, other than the ones that we were hoping would elevate, which would be the men's basketball, uh, football, uh, women's basketball. Uh, which, you know, Susie McConnell is no longer the head coach at Pitt. We'll see next year what the new coach does. Women's basketball had a couple good years when, when they, they did were have in the conference. Several good years. Um, men's basketball has only gone downhill. Yes. But I'm I'm not surprised. Like, I feel like they kind of sold out the basketball program, like, by joining the ACC. Like, they wanted to be in the big football conference because, like, the way it was headed. And they were right. Right. If you're not involved in like the power conferences, you're not going get forward. Anywhere. You're not going to be able to go to the big bowls or like the playoff that's coming up down the pike. And now like we've got a playoff, and we had UCF go undefeated and not make the playoff. So they were absolutely right to say we need to be involved in a big conference if we want to stay relevant in football. But the conference they got into, I would have rather seen them go into the Big Ten, honestly. Yeah, like because... pit basket pit basketball, like they would have held their own better. In the Big Ten, they would have had ACC. I mean, not the Big Ten's a good conference, but they don't have a Duke, North Carolina in the Big Ten. Then Pitt would have to play Penn State every seven years. Yeah, that too. (laughs) That too. I mean, that's that's part of it. You know. uh, Also, last week uh, there was the Fort Worth Invitational. Justin Rose won that on the PGA Tour, the minus twenty. I didn't get to see much of that tournament uh, last week. so I really can't speak on it too much. I'm sure you probably didn't get to see any of it at all. I put a little bit on. 
Just just to be like, oh, I watched some golf. I had like a break. You had a break in, in between soccer, soccer games. Yeah. <laughs> um, currently, uh, this week, the memorial at Mirfield Village, Jack's Place. And also, if you've lived under a rock for the last 60 years, when you refer to Jack, it's, of course, Jack Nicholas. Yeah. Um, it's underway. I, it started this afternoon. I got to watch a little bit of it uh, before life responsibilities took over. Uh, currently, Matt and I are sitting here recording, and I have the replay uh, on the Golf Network. Uh, but what I have saw, uh, we're already past where this happens uh, here on the replay. Uh, hole number eight. Uh, you know, it's it's always nice to see the pros do some of the same dumb shit we do. Uh, <laughs> always. <laughs> I mean, these guys are. Pros. Is this a Tiger Woods segue? <laughs> no, <laughs> it's a Jordan Spieth segue. Okay. Uh, number eight, Jordan Spieth. Uh, you know, uh, it was a par three. He left double bogey in a par three. Uh, he was over. To, uh, he was off off the green, next to a cart path. It was next to a um, uh, a, a watering tower setup. Oh, so man. he got he got a he got a drop, but of course his drop had to take place in the cart path. So the ball bounced back to where it was. Then they said you get the relief this way. So he dropped the ball and it stuck, and then it gave him a shitty stance. Mm. He tried to pull the Mickelson flop shot. Now keep in mind. Jordan Spieth playing in the group with Mickelson. Sure. So he pulled this flop shot off. It came short of the green and buried itself down for his second, to, to, for then his third, then his third. He made a flop shot over top, then two putted back up to make a six. Bang. Uh, or sorry, to make a five on the three. Uh, he is playing, uh, Spieth is playing in the group with Mickelson and Bubba Watson. Uh, and then Roy McIlroy is playing with... Um, uh, Dustin Johnson, uh, which Rory's had some ups and downs. Justin Don Dustin Johnson had some ups and downs. Tiger finished the day even. Um, the lead uh, right now is at minus seven. You're going into day two. It's a moving day. Um, so you're going to have the same guys playing the same group together. Uh, you're going to have, you know, Mickelson and Watson and Spieth playing together. Um, you know, so that's a good group to watch. Tiger teed off way early this morning. He was done before actual TV coverage started. Oh, good for him. Uh, <laughs> That's cool. That means he gets to go home and like watch it all. Yeah, right? Nice. Yeah, yeah. Tiger, Tiger was done before TV coverage started. Uh, but like I said, he he, he started off a little... He started off to, with... Go, go home, get get some early early rest, go to bed Tiger early. had shot 39 on the front nine and 33 on the back to end up nice. even. So, <laughs> good for Tiger. Uh, this I is a, This is a course that sets up for Tiger's strengths, uh, a lot of it's modeled kind of like Augusta. I mean, I mean, Jet Nicholas built this course; he's the designer on it. Um, so it's, it models a lot of Augusta. It models a lot of uh, Torrey Pines. It models a lot of Pinehurst. Um, so it's a course that sets up good for Tiger. It's a course that sets up good for um, Mickelson as well. Cool. Um, so it'll be fun to watch this tournament. This is. This is not a major by all means, but it's one of the bigger tournaments that everybody wants to play because it's Jack Nicholas's tournament. Yeah. Uh, and then we have two weeks to the U.S. Open, three weeks to the U.S. Open. Oh, my goodness. So, yeah, we have three weeks to the U.S. Open. So you'll see uh, next week's field will probably be a little light, and then the next two fields will be a little heavier, the guys getting in their work to get ready for the U.S. Open. And where's the Open this year? Oh, uh, shit. Somewhere in Michigan uh, or Wisconsin? I'm somewhere in Michigan or Wisconsin. We'll we'll go with that for now. We'll get that. <laughs> Matt Matt's gonna Matt's gonna look at that. And uh, 
No. So I, I, I do, I'm going to make an effort to watch a little bit of the... The U.S. Open's always... Well, this is a great tournament to watch. Sat- so. Saturday, my Saturday's looking pretty clear. So my, my Friday and Saturday is looking a little clear early. I work late. So I'm, I'm a five to closer the next two days so I can watch TV coverage. Plus, I have the uh, golf app on my phone, and it's hooked up through my cable. I can watch it on my way to work. Uh, as long as I don't get sucked into Cobra Kai again that I've been watching on. Checking that out. <laughs> I've been watching. It's a 30-day thir- <laughs> free trial of the um, YouTube uh, Red, oh, whatever. Yeah. So I was like, put a reminder on my phone on the 23rd to cancel it. I better have the whole season done so, by then. Oh, really? I didn't realize that it was on a different platform. Yeah, you, the first. I thought it was a Netflix show. No, no, it's on uh, YouTube. Uh, so, it, but everybody's got like so many subscription services anymore, right? And it's annoying. That but, it, like, they're but, not saving any money. But you get, I know, right? It's like I cut the cord, but I pay a hundred and seventy-five dollars yeah. a month yeah. in subscription services yeah. to Netflix and Hulu and and YouTube. You want to pay one thing? one cable bill for two hundred dollars, or do you want to pay like twenty cable bills for ten dollars each? Yeah, right. That, 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 that's it, your it comes down to. Point. Oh, uh, don't forget, you have to have Wi-Fi for seventy dollars a month in order to watch all that other bullshit. I have to have Wi-Fi to have a job. You do as well. So do I. So <laughs> kinda. Yeah. So. Um, but no, seriously, like so I've been watching Cobra Kai anyway, and we're all yeah. sports talking. Well, you know what? No, it's not. It's karate movies. It's so. karate, but so it's it, 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 from kinda, golf to karate. It's not it's, the first it's, it's, time it's, it's happened. It's kind of coming. It's kind. I've only hit episode five, so I can't tell you. I don't want to spoil it for anybody who's been watching it. I don't. Um, know. But if you're getting a thirty day free trial of the YouTube Red, whatever it is, yeah. um, dude, it's they're half hour long episodes. I watch two a day on my way to work because okay. I take public transportation. Yeah. Well, there you go. So, um, see that—that's that's what I want. But my HBO is about to expire oh. in July, so I've, I've got like a couple months to basically just like crush as much content as I can. There you go. So, um, so definitely like two you don't seasons. have AT and T, do you? What phone? Phone? No. Yeah. See, so I have AT and T, so I get the HBO Go for free. I would rather have free baseball package through T-Mobile. Uh, that's true. And that brings us back to sports. The that brings us back to sports, the topic of this podcast, which we're going to finish up this first segment with. Mark Madden wrote a little article this past week um, saying how Sullivan um, needs to um, not go by way of Coach Disco Dan Bowsma uh, to where he was referring to as Bowsma won the Stanley Cup in 2009. The next year, he had an early exit from the playoffs. The year after that, he had an early exit from the playoffs. Then they went and got him Jerome Aginla and Morrow and Murray and Perron and got swept by the Bruins in the Eastern Conference Finals because he did not play his lines correctly. Um, he was given the players and the talent, but everybody knows that the 647 goals that Jerome Aginla scored was from the right way. <laughs> And he insisted on playing again on the left wing. Um, so he did not play the players correctly. And that's where uh, the article went to Sullivan saying that how, um, you know, they brought Ryan Reeves in. And Ryan Reeves, who is now with the Vegas Golden Knights in the Stanley Cup Finals currently, started the season with the Penguins, um, that, that Sullivan didn't use him uh, correctly. Um, and then also how um, Broussard was brought in and was put down as a fourth-line center where he should have been a third-line center. Uh, and not Riley Shahan and so forth, uh, and just based on with the guys that were on the wings available, and also um, Kessel should not have been on the third line. He should have been on the Malkin line, pair with Malkin, and Kessel has been 
very verbal about playing with Malkin and how Kessel was not really liking Sullivan, but also it's not that. It's more that Kessel doesn't like any coach uh, and that how Sullivan and Kessel have kind of butted heads uh, over the last two seasons, even though Kessel and Sullivan won two Stanley Cups together. Mm. Um, and there was the whole thing about trading Phil Kessel now while the while the, while the iron's hot. He, he led the team with 92 points last year uh, and so forth. He led the team with points and goals on the power play. Uh, he led the team with overtime goals, you know. Yeah. So there here's was a time where Phil was the only one showing up right. early on when they right. were, when they were struggling uh, to and, stay and, and, water. and of course the city of Pittsburgh goes, how are you going to trade Phil the thrill? And everybody freaked out. Everybody freaked out. This was an article written by Mark Madden. This was not an article written by Matt nor I. This is just us talking about that article. Do I personally feel you should trade Phil Kessel? No. Do I personally feel that Sullivan and Kessel need to figure out some chemistry? Yes. That's important. <laughs> it's very important to have chemistry both with your coach, coach. also among your line mates. Mm -hmm. And if your coach can't figure out how to get you with the right line mates, then something's got to give. Um, you've got you've to like do one or the other. I mean, it's a business. It you totally know, is a business. You trade from a position of strength in effort to bolster an area of weakness. That is the way you're supposed to do it. And if you've got too many third-line wingers, then, like, one of them is expendable. If you prioritize, like, making one of those third-line wingers a second-line winger, then Which... you maybe resolve that conflict. But if you just can't do it, like, for example, like, Jordan Stahl was always a center. Yes. So there was no putting him on one of the top two lines no. as a winger. So Not they had to trade him. Everybody loved Jordan Stahl. You know, he helped win Stahl us the Stanley only, Cup. You know, he was, was the best two-way uh, player we've had in a really long time. Um, and, you know, he had to go and everyone was happy. Stahl to only got on the I top mean, line when he was on the power play. Right, no. <laughs> I mean, like, people understood why he needed to go. Yes. Because they couldn't, he, he couldn't fit into their plans long term. And he like, also wanted too much money at some people point. People have this, like, cult around Phil Kessel. And they don't see how he, like, should ever be Well, Kessel you know? was a big name before he got to Pittsburgh. Right. People were very excited. He was a captain. He No, he was, it was a great acquisition. Yeah. And if, like, on the day of the trade, they said, like, look, Phil Kessel's coming here. He's going to help you win two cups, and then he's going to leave. You'd be like, cool, I can live with that, you know. But they become beloved because of, like, the, the way that, like, the fans relate to them. Yes. You know, it's like, Max Talbot went and played for the Flyers and people still like him. Eh, people love Talbot. Don't even tell me. I told Talbot whenever he went to play with the Flyers, I shot him a text message and said, dude, you're dead to me. Don't call, text, write, show up in the restaurant or the bar or email. This is until you're not a flyer anymore. Well, he's not a flyer anymore. Well, now he's not a flyer anymore, and I've talked to him again. So that's what so, I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. You know, you know, people are beloved. I got Phil, Phil Kessel is beloved. He could be traded, and people's like relationship that they think they have with Phil Kessel will not be augmented in any way. I mean, people still have that uh, love and relationship with Flurry. We've seen that where Pittsburgh Cutch. Pittsburgh companies are are putting out, you know, um, you know. Pittsburgh strong, but Vegas something or T-shirts or whatever. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, that, that's a little yeah, ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, like, it's, I'm not going to buy a T-shirt that says, like, uh, it basically says, like, my team lost, 
And like I like this other team so much that well, I'm Rob sure. Rossi, who is now the uh, editor of chief the editor of City Paper, wrote an article about crazy, about man. Pittsburgh's love for Flurry, yeah, and how that Pittsburgh needs to let him go. And at the end of the article, and it was like, well, maybe we don't have to let him go, you know. But it's a, but you know, he spent his time here again. It's a business, and and you know, um, you, you, you do could argue to, forever whether we made the right decision. Oh, but years the, of control of Murray. And like cost effectiveness of employing a twenty one year old goalie versus a twenty year old goalie. Twenty three year old goalie compared to a thirty two year old thirty three year old goalie thirty two year old goalie. You know yeah. a thirty three year old goalie is collecting seven and a half million dollars a year compared to a twenty two year old goalie, twenty three now that's collecting, you know, six hundred and fifty thousand a year for the next five or six years. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's business and, yeah. and you're, and you have a 22 year old goalie that's already won two cups. Mm. <laughs> now I don't know about this Madden thing cause I didn't read it, but I also, the other thing that was written about Kessel that I didn't read was the Ron Cook column that everybody was like freaking out about cause it seemed like well, really just negative about like Kessel like quit or like he, he didn't because he didn't talk to the media at like, Clean out. They played injured the last. But like, Amanda's like, Amanda said, she goes, they shouldn't have played him in the playoffs because he's injured. I'm like, babe, everybody in the playoffs is injured. Yeah, like, I, I mean, I've heard like maybe they should have, you know, given him more days off in like April or like even March, you know, like leading up to the playoffs. You know, I. Um, I to you just know, get right. I mean, we were without Malkin for a while there. Yeah, you know, I mean, still I, still made it as far made as made him did. a healthy scratch a couple of days, give him some rest, get yeah. him get him some you know let him sit in a hot tub or whirlpool a little more. But you know, I'm so worried that like they're gonna like run him out of town because like yeah I don't because see he Kessel has a bad relationship anywhere. with the Toronto hockey media, which from what I understand is like ravenous and crazy and like bipolar and like so what like I mean the hockey media in this town basically consists of like Mark Madden. Well, like it's gotten like a, a lot more. It's gotten a lot more. De, but Dejan Kovacovic, Rob Rossi, you got some of the, you know, uh, Ron Cook. I mean, Rob I'll, Rossi, like, covering, like, the concert beat now, man. Yeah, <laughs> well, he's the editor. I don't think he's covering it. Somebody else is covering yeah. it. He's just making sure somebody dotted their eyes and crossed their T's. Well, uh, but he's got a tall order. He does Dot your eyes and cross your T's and, like, don't airbrush out any tattoos. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, and if you listen to Bold Nights Out, <laughs> Amanda and I have totally covered that. And on that, and on that segue, we're going to go ahead and take a break right now. We got some stuff from our friends at Sorgatron Media Studios here in Beachview, Pennsylvania. Do you like professional wrestling? Want your discussions? No holds barred. Check out WrestlingMayhemShow.com for all the wrestling podcast flavor you can handle. All right, folks, and we're back after those messages from our friends at Sorgatron Media Studios in Beachview, and we're going to have a little more hockey talk. Yeah. Good hockey talk. Good not, hockey talk. Not like off-season, like panicking and bickering and arguing about who's a better sports writer hockey talk. Correct. We're going to talk about actual hockey. Actual hockey going on currently right now in the NHL is the Stanley Cup Finals. Uh, Matt and I told you on our last episode that by the time you hear us again, there's already going to be at least one game played, maybe two. Uh, so that answer is going to be two. Uh, before you hear us again, this uh, podcast will be edited and put out uh, tomorrow evening, so Friday. So game three is Saturday. 
Um, so, game one went to the Golden Knights. It was a back and forth game. Six to four was the final Crazy. game. Uh, game two went to the Caps, three to two. Uh, Tom Wilson of the Caps had a few questionable hits in game one, especially the one against Jonathan uh, Marthasol. Um, yeah. But Ryan Reeves, with a punch to the nose in front of the Caps net in game two, sent a message. Uh, to the not so nice Wilson and Ryan Reeves still had stick in hand. It was come more. It, was, it wasn't a cross check. It was a little like left hook, like boom. But don't drop your stick. Yeah, don't drop your. You stick. still need your stick. Yeah, you still That's need your right. stick. And you know, and the whistle wasn't blown yet. And mm. I mean, uh, Ryan well, Reeves, of course, he came to the Penguins at the beginning of this year. To do this kind of thing. to do this kind of thing to score pre- goals, score and goals, stir the pot a little bit. He's been doing it. Score goals, stir the pot. He didn't score too many goals with the Penguins. He scored two. Yeah. Um, he stirred the pot. Yeah. But he didn't score too many goals. Uh, hence why the trade deadline, he got shipped out to Vegas. And I think we got a draft pick back for him. I don't even think we got yeah. anything big. Well, um, it hasn't worked out for us in the past. The Penguins tend to not know how to use their enforcers properly in a playoff context. Uh, no, um, because typically the Penguins enforcers are like all out. Like, I'm still going to fuck your day up. They don't know how to like calm down. Yeah, <laughs> I guess the there, was, there was like post, post his almost league wide ban. Matt Cook, <laughs> kind of got it together. Well, Matt. Okay, I've talked to some people over the years that were close to the that situation with the Penguins. Um, just by being a bartender, I get to meet some really cool people. Um, basically, there was a sit down between Matt Cook and Mary Lemieux that said, "Look." We know you're a good goal scorer. We know you can do this. Um, but we also need you to protect some guys when need be. That doesn't mean take 108 penalty minutes a season. <laughs> um, and, you know, don't take stupid penalties at stupid times. And you can't be getting suspended. Um, you know, and then um, so he changed his game. They said, we want to keep you here. But if you can't change your game, we're going to have to ship you out. Matt Cook changed his yeah. game, where he was still that guy that you didn't want to go up against with gloves off, um, but also he scored 24 goals that following season. It was yeah. ridiculous. Um, and then he Matt Cook changed his game and scored his 24 goals while Crosby was out with his concussion issues over two-season period. It was half of the one season, uh, second half of the one season, first half of the other season. Um, I went to the game... Crosby came back. I had, at the time, I still had the season tickets and was already planning on going that game in 2011. It was November 22nd of 2011 mm. when Crosby came back after his year hiatus oh, wow, on his yeah. concussion. I went with Shiloh. Cool. And um, Shiloh and I were offered several hundred dollars for those tickets out and about before we went into the game. And we went to the game. And Crosby scored those two goals. And... Uh, Still, and we were sitting there. I was like, I can't wait to talk to some of these guys later that I see in the restaurant, the bar. This is because I bet you that Mario looked at Matt Cook and said, Look, you know what I told you about, you know, change your game. I mean, you did a great job with that. Anybody touches Crosby, fucking kick their ass. I'll pay your fines. Yeah. Well, you know, you know, good owner should. Correct. Uh, But yeah, definitely Scott. I mean, Tom Wilson has had the. I mean, he got suspended already this playoffs for a game 
for the hit against Dumoulin. And, and he's, like, done and worse now. He's oh, yeah. And, I mean, that hit against Marshall, I mean... It could have been called interference. And they're not gonna they're not gonna suspend him for the finals. They're not gonna suspend him. They're, they're gonna do the best they can to like. Unless keep he a seriously lid on fucks up. He fucking like kills somebody. If he does a Ty Domi. Yeah. Or a Mar- Marty McSorley. Was it Domi or McSorley that blatantly took it back his stick and whacked it across the back of the dude's neck? It was one of those two. And he actually McSorley, got, I think McSorley. It was McSorley? Okay. Didn't Dale Hunter do that too though? That was in the eighties, that was different. No, <laughs> It's not different. It's still wrong. <laughs> but in the 80s, it was okay. It was not okay. He got a five-minute major. It wasn't not even the 80s. <laughs> You're right. It was in the early 90s. A lot of but... the early 90s might have felt like the 80s to you. It sure as hell felt like the 80s to me. <laughs> I mean, I was still a kid with, like, no means of, like, getting myself anywhere without, like, a bike. Um, but eventually, like, I did settle into the 90s. And Dale Hunter, that was 90s. Yeah, I settled into the 90s about 1995. Yeah, that was when it got good. That was yeah. when it got real good. Oh, man. Um, so, I enjoyed the first game. The first game was a great game. It was back and forth the whole time. Um, it was. I flipped away from it a little bit to watch the basketball that was on that opposite because it was a game seven. That was a game seven. I was at work. And, um, I, so and yeah. I was like... I had both on the TV. I missed... I, missed, I went out for like... Like, the first goal, and I, I went out and spent, like, a good bit of the first period just, like, working in the yard, and then I come back, and it's, like, 2-2, two to two, and I was like, all right, I'm going to watch the rest of this. But it's just hard to look away from a Game 7, because that's a game of real consequence. It is. And the best you can hope for in an exciting Game 1 is that whichever team wins, like, that they're able to deliver the same entertaining style of play the next game. And we definitely got that. Because game two was also very exciting. Game two was very exciting. A lot closer score with that with a three to two. Um, and how about that Holtby save? That was ridiculous. That was like, how do you gyrate your body on skates to have the knowing to put the paddle of the stick down and and but also I he was the only guy in the world. He was the only guy who knew that that puck didn't go in the net. Yeah, Doc thought it went in the net. Everybody I thought did. it went in the net. I thought everybody in, in the arena. He's the only one in the world that did. But I mean, then, I guess the ref saw it right away, but like right. to actually like feel it, to feel like the vibration on, on going that, up on, up a, on your that paddle stick handle. Yeah, like, I mean that's got to be. And then, but also whoa. at that point, you got to look back and be like, it hit the stick. I felt it. Did it Who's kick up? There? Did it kick up and yeah. go over top? The other thing is too is how did that? I forget who the who the player was. How do you not elevate the puck? You had a wide open net. Elevate a little bit. Yeah, it happens, you know. It was a one-timer. It was. You know, it's a round puck and a curved stick and bumpy ice. Yeah. And you're going, you know, 25, 30 miles an hour on skates. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I get it. I totally do. But you, you sit there and think about it like if he would have elevated the puck two inches. I know. That's hockey, baby. Mm-hmm. You know, to borrow a phrase. Um, <laughs> that's what the... Hurricanes announcer always says so. Well, you hear the Hurricanes yeah, announcer I, I, more than I, anybody. I, I just say, I just, I just call people baby. Okay, like that's just how I talk, man. Right. All right. But listen, babe. But that game <laughs> was, uh, you know, and then, and then, uh, you know, the Knights had the had flurry pulled for two minutes. Yeah. And they did a great job of not letting up an empty netter. You know, in that two minutes. I mean, I saw an I saw an article that said that like the ideal amount of time to pull the goalie is closer to like five minutes 
that, like, statistically speaking, like, it gives you a better chance of, like, tying the game. But you gotta think about, uh, being the coach that it doesn't work. <laughs> you know what as I mean? As soon as you're the being coach... The, being the coach pull... whose team gives up an empty netter with, like, four and a half minutes left Well, in the okay, period. okay, well, shit. Alright, it happened this year to the Penguins. And you're like, but, 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 sorry. It happened this year to the Penguins and the Caps. Yeah. They pulled, they pulled, uh, Murray with, what, three minutes left? Yeah. And the Caps rang up three more goals. That's an elimination game. You're desperate. You got nothing. You got no tomorrow to play. Was that an elimina- Was that the elimination game, or was that a game five? Was that game five, or was that, or was that game six? No, you're right. It wasn't the elimination game. Yeah, yeah, but uh, you know, the elimination game was an overtime winner. The elimination or, game was an overtime. Was it overtime, or, or was, was it like right before the end of the third? Oh, Ovechkin scored with a minute left. Mm-hmm. It was going. It to felt over- like an overtime. Winner yeah, because you knew there wasn't enough time left for him. Yeah, but they did actually drop the puck a couple times after that. I did. It was like a, so yeah. we've done a pretty good job of like shoving it down and like suppressing it, but we still remember it. Yeah, you know, we we just need to like hypnotize ourselves a little bit. That's all right. I we mean, all come flooding yeah. back. I, I mean, you know, September's not far away. It's not. September's training camp for training camp for the Penguins is in September. Oh man. I mean, shit. I can't wait. Training camp for the Steelers is in is in two months. Shit, man. Well, I know, you, I know we got well, Steelers. Yeah, we got six that six weeks. Well, no, seven weeks, because June first is technically now. Yeah, it is. It is June first. As we're recording, it is June first. Are you a free agent? Uh, <laughs> am I? A free am I? A, that's July first. <laughs> uh, it's July fifteenth. You have to have all your uh, Le'Veon Bell has to be signed by July fifteenth. Or what? He sits out. Uh, the franchise tag holds, and we have to wait for him to sign his franchise tender. Okay. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Fun. Um, so Stanley Cup Finals Game Three Saturday night in DC, and then Monday night Game Four in DC. We know there's going to be a Game Six. That's going to be Thursday night in wait Saturday Monday no, Wednesday game Six. Mm-hmm. It's one one. Oh, Game Five. Sorry, Game Five in Vegas. Game Five in Vegas. Um, game Five in Vegas is going to be Thursday night. Yes, it's gonna go Saturday, Monday, Saturday, Monday, two days, and then Thursday. Isn't that the time of year where there's like gaps in my nights? Oh, well, yeah. I mean, there's a chance. A couple that... nights ago, there was no hockey or basketball game on. Yeah, which was weird. It's and like... it, I heard that was the. It was like what, it was like Mar- It was May thirtieth. Was the first time that there had been no hockey or basketball since April 20th was so, the last time that happened. So we're still on the 31st cuz we're still awake. So last night, last night? <laughs> no, last night there was hockey. Wait, no, last night there was no hockey. Wait, no, You're there right. was no hockey. It was all baseball. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I mean, when the baseball you watched was the Pirates losing to the Cubs. No, they won last. They won that night, but ugh, man are they tough right now. It is. It is tough. They're on a big game skid. We'll get to the Pirates at our last segment of this uh, podcast here. But right now, we're going to talk about the NBA Finals. Game one was tonight. Uh, Matt watched it. I watched it. Start to finish, man. It's, I, 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 I slipped away for about four minutes okay. just so I could watch the beginning of the 11 o'clock news to get to the weather. And I was yeah. back. Got to get uh, the weather in that. Got to get the weather in that and find out who shot who and what house burnt down where and everything yeah. else. 
Um, yeah. You know, uh, fourth straight year that we do have the Warriors and the Cavs in the final. It's getting a little old, I think. Uh, it went to overtime, and uh, LeBron had some issues as well as should everyone. Uh, Hill made the tying free throw, uh, missed the second shot with five seconds left on the clock. Cleveland passed the ball around. Uh, looked like they were playing keep away to protect the win that they did not have. Yes. On the replay, J.R. Smith, you could read his lips, said, I thought we were ahead. <laughs> now, now, I just have to say, <clears throat> I just have to say, first of all, I, I think I know what happened. I think I think what screwed him up was when, <clears throat> when Curry made his layup before that Cleveland possession. And got fouled and got the and one. That reset the, like they had been going back and forth for so long where it was like two and two. Like that was the first like three point play in several possessions, which is very rare. Right. When when, when you've got a game involving Golden State because there's always jack and threes and then the opponents have to jack threes to keep pace. But they can go. They had been going two and two for a couple possessions, and then they got the old fashioned three pointer. Right. With Curry making the free throw, so now <clears throat> Cleveland comes down. The foul was, it looked like a set play. It did um, look like a set like, play. It, it looked like, because it was basically like, you know how in the NFL where they do the like pass interference offense? Yes. Where it's just like, you know, like like Antonio Brown's like, he's mugging me every time, just like throw the ball up and like I'll draw the foul. Like LeBron waited until Clay Thompson like hooked his arm. Oh yeah. And then he threw the pass and the guy did like a soccer flop. He did. And, uh, totally... and But it was a foul. And Cleveland was in the double bonus, so they got they got to shoot. He makes the first. He misses the second. First of all, how do you miss the second? Uh, it happens. And I he's, guess. Well, uh, but, but the dude's an eighty-one percent free throw shooter. Hill, not Hill, great. Hill, I mean, Hill's an eighty-one percent in the NBA. I mean, Shaq's what forty-three. Shaq's not a good example. <laughs> Curry, like LeBron, like they're yeah. like closer to ninety. Yeah. So yeah, if you miss the free throw, you're the goat. But. You need to know the score. You need and to this know is, the score. This is where LeBron is like overwhelmed in his role as like player coach. So basically, like I, when I played ball, you had a coach yelling on the sideline, like, "What to do if you get the rebound?" And as soon as and as soon as that rebound came off, he had the rebound, was jibbering around, and then passed it out. And then he's like, "What are you doing? Pass it back in!" And he passed it back in, and he throws. LeBron's it actually pointing at the Le- scoreboard. Yeah, LeBron's clock. pointing at the scoreboard in the clock, and then it's they, tied. they throw a shot up, and eh, horn sounds. You're going to overtime, and LeBron's like chewing him out on the court. I get it. Now keep in mind, I had to look at these guys' names because the only ones on the Cavaliers I know is LeBron and Love. Because that's really all that the Cavs have. J.R. Smith has been... J.R. Smith's been around. He's been around. He, he, and everyone, he, he's everyone's been around criticizing him. Better. They've been criticizing him all year about how he's, like, you know, not as good as he once was. And he's, you know, not the level of teammate that's going to help LeBron win another championship. And, the, you know, he's basically, like, dragging these guys around. Well, he I mean, fucked it's in, up game one tonight. And, like, what happened, okay, like, thinking they were... Thinking that they were ahead by one point, he was go- he got the rebound under the basket, and instead of putting up a layup, he just wanted to go like dribble it out. Like at first, I thought, "No, Jr., you don't need a three. Like you don't need a three. You can take." But then I realized, like when I saw LeBron pointing at the clock, like, "Oh my God!" Like he doesn't 
He thought that he, he thought, thought that, that they were ahead. He thought they were ahead he by one. He passed up a bunny layup. He did. He could have won the game with a layup. Instead, we get overtime. A bunny and layup. Then, and then Golden State goes on a run in overtime. Everything falls apart for Cleveland. Yeah, Golden State went on a 7-0 run. Uh, and the game ended with Clay Thompson getting ejected and the Cavs losing. Um, I really don't know what that whole Clay I Clay Thompson getting ejected. I turned away to, to write some notes for this show, and, and next thing okay, I know, someone there's, Cle- there's, there's someone, a melee. Someone on Cleveland leaned into Clay when he was shooting. Like it, it, the game was out of hand at this point. Like Cleveland wasn't trying to foul or anything, even to stop the clock. They were just playing defense, and Clay takes a shot from the wing. Um, and the Cleveland player like kind of leaned into him, like it kind of looked like maybe he was going for like a, a half-assed block attempt, but he didn't even really leave his feet. He just kind of leaned forward, and that's dangerous because a jump shooter could come down on your ankle or like you know get an elbow. Like there's all kinds of scenarios where like that's that's not really a clean play. Um, and Draymond Green was especially feisty tonight. Um, he definitely gets revved up playing in front of that home crowd. So he he was dancing and taunting and everybody got in the circle and you know there there was like a base or a basketball slash punch to the face um, and then and then they had to go to the tape and this is all falling apart you know and even the announcers were saying like what are they going to tape for this is going on there's two point five seconds left in the game just because there's it. flagrant fouls and like yeah, it might affect who's eligible to play tomorrow or what or Sunday whenever the next yeah game is. I mean the the, the announcers like you know just call the game right now. You know, Cleveland's not coming back with 10 points in 2.5 seconds. You know, why are they going through this? Why are they taking so long to go over this tape? What are they trying to figure out? And all they were trying to figure out was the clock play, who the fouls were on, who had to sit, who didn't. And they threw the ball one more time, and that was over. Well, you know the NBA does that, like, last two-minute report where they go into, like, excruciating detail about every event that happens and how the officials handled it. Like, that's their job. Like they are, they are not allowed to be like guesstimating how much time is on the clock, yeah, or like side out of bounds. You know, who has a foul, who doesn't. Like even if nobody's fouling out, like if the league goes and says like, oh, you gave that foul to Green and it should have been Thompson. Like, you know, that they're not going to be invited back to officiate next year's finals, and subsequently not get a ring because the refs get a ring. No, do they? The refs get a, oh yeah, this, all the umpires in baseball, uh, the uh, NFL referees like the, a ring, not like the championship ring. No, they get a ring. They get the championship ring. They don't get a ring that says like Super Bowl champion Eagles. Yeah, they do. What it does, I, I've seen them. I've, what? I've, 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 there's three. Of course, ref, you've met a ref. There's three referees in Pittsburgh. Yeah. There's three ref. There's three NFL referees that live in Pittsburgh. There's an, an there's an MLB umpire that live in Pittsburgh. There's an NHL ref that lives in Pittsburgh that all have championship rings, and it has uh, it says World Championship. Uh, the one the, the one I saw was World Championship Patriots, mm. and it had the year it's uh, Super Bowl champion Super Bowl champions Patriots had the Patriots top the logo on it. On the side it had it had referee. Uh, on one side with his jersey number, on the other side it had his name, uh, and then had his uh, referee position. Mm. So, like line LJ for line judge and whatnot. Yeah, huh. and it wow. had and on the one side it had like the referee jersey on it with 
you know, his his referee number and jersey on it and so forth. Yeah, they all get, and they get, like, the $30,000 ring. They don't get, like, the $4,000 ring. They don't get the, like, replica pirate rings that they gave away <laughs> Three Rivers in their own 90s. <laughs> I, have, I, th- I think I might still have one somewhere. Nah, yeah, but all the referees, they get a championship ring for refing, and it has their ref jersey number on it and everything else like that. It's, Man, it's really cool. I should have been a ref. I know, right? There's still time. But, yeah. I can still run. I can still get up and down the field. I look at it every year in, like, December to see if I can go to the Harry Wendell Stat School of Umpiring in Daytona Beach, Florida. Yeah. I look at it every year, and I sit there, and I, I want to go, I want to go, I want to go, but the problem is, is I don't have anybody I don't have like the twelve thousand dollars for the school. Wow. Um that's uh January and February and then you were there all of spring training and then they place you after spring training between college ball and on up through the majors. Um and it takes about ten years to get to the majors. Uh the only problem I have is is the twelve thousand dollars for the school I can save that. It's the eight months of carrying all the bills and utilities and so forth at my home. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That I can't get over that hump. Well, you just put all your stuff in storage and just move out for eight months. And... Uh, I like my house. Yeah, I like your house, too. <laughs> uh, but, yeah. So, we have that going on. Uh, game two is going to be, let's see. Saturday. Sunday night. Sunday night. Why is basketball played like every <clears throat> two nights in between? Hockey- it, part of part of it's because of the, the ratings situation. Um, people tend to not stay home and watch TV on Saturday, yeah, no matter right. what's on. So like the leagues are avoiding like the weekend nights. Like Sunday's a good night for sitting around and watching sports. Yeah, I mean the NFL has kind of conditioned us to do that. Correct. And when the NFL goes away after the Super Bowl, like we start filling the Sunday night schedule with like basketball, college basketball, and hockey, then NBA, and then hockey yeah. and baseball, and yeah, the Sunday afternoon. So somebody hockey wants, games to, yeah, stuff, somebody yeah. wants that 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 Sunday night time slot for their product. And this year, the NBA gets it, and not the NHL. Well, speaking <laughs> about the NFL and showing those voids, we have uh, the second round of OTAs have continued over on the South Side. Uh, the rookies are getting to learn uh, more uh, their playbook and figure out their exact positions, what they're going to be asked to do and so forth. Uh, unfortunately, uh, bad things do happen in these practices. Uh, Gerald Hawkins, uh, backup offensive tackle, was carried off the field with an injury of a ruptured quad. He was the thir- uh, Our third-round pick, uh, Okafor, is now up for the position uh, to be the sixth man on the line, on the offensive line. Also, Jake McGee. Also limped off the field with a dangling foot injury, uh, yet Ooh. that has been to be determined. It, it means he limped off the field and had his foot up in the air. Oh. I don't know. It was like dangling like he snapped like his ACL or, okay. or, or, or like an Achilles or something like that. He was favoring his foot Okay, off well, the that field. sounds a lot worse it, yeah. than you phrase it. Than Sorry. Than... I should have said a dangling foot. Dangling foot, yeah, yeah. man. Yeah, that's bad. Dangling foot usually means Achilles. Um, so... Uh, also, uh, now, what, what cracks me up is the way that this term is thrown out there, um, where it says, uh, most of the stars of the team and skilled position players were absent from the second week of the OTAs, but that's not a shocker. So, you're in the NFL. The position you play 
whether it's quarterback being Ben Roethlisberger, Alejandro Villanueva, Le'Veon Bell, Bud Dupree. It's a fucking skilled position. <laughs> I know that they mean the skilled positions being quarterback, wideout, running back, and D-back. Why don't they just say guys who touch the ball? <laughs> Why are they, they because they skill position sounds better, and they've been doing that like forever. I mean, in high I, school, I, I, in high school, the coaches used used to refer to guys as like skill position guys and like not skill position guys, and like skill position. You're in high school, like nobody's even like playing their like final position usually. Right in high school, you play all you running backs are going to end up being like linebackers and D backs in in college. Most Shit, of you. a lot of you. <laughs> LeVar Arrington was a stud-ass running back at the WPIO and still, I think, holds the high school rushing record, touchdown record. So, yeah. But he played linebacker in the NFL. But he, yeah. also, he played linebacker in high school as well. But but he jumped over people. That's why. And we've talked about him before. Like if, you can so jump forth, but if you could jump over an offensive lineman, then you could jump Troy over a Paul, linebacker. Troy Paul Hamalu jumped over offensive linemen. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I, and you know, I don't know what Troy Paul Hamalu played in high school, but I know in college he played free safety. In the NFL, he mm. played free safety. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but some of these guys, uh, who's our number one draft pick this year? Uh, strong safety. Uh, he, he was Samuels. Samuels, strong safety. Uh-huh. They're talking about maybe squeaking him into inside linebacker positions and whatnot, and they're well, going to utilize him there and there. There so are different packages nowadays. They're they're did some more pass happy offense. So teams tend to play sub packages more often. They call them sub packages now. Yes, like back in the day, it's nickel. Yes, they're basically they're playing nickel all the time, or they are rotating personnel where. You know, you might be listed on the roster as a defensive back, but you're really in more of like a, a you know, half-run stopper, but also like be able to drop back real quick. And, and that free safety position's kind of been eliminated. Yeah. Because that's now part of the sub-package. Yeah, everyone's a free safety. You know. Uh, you everyone's know, free. You know. But but so, but I was reading the one article, I guess, I think it was 24-7 Sports, um, was saying that how... You know, the first week of OTAs, A.B., Ben, and all the guys all showed up except for Bell, of course. And he's a separate case on his own. Um, you know, now for the second week, they have their own training and what they do and so forth. They mm-hmm. showed up for the first for the first set of OTAs to, you know, show the rookies you got to put in the work. And it doesn't matter if it's May or if it's, you know, October. Uh, but... Now, the regular guys probably won't show up until training camp for the most part. Now, you do see all the linemen, all the linemen, O-line and D-line are both showing up. The big guys, too. Villanueva is in there. DeCastro's in there. Yeah. Hayward's not, but Hayward's still working off some injury. So, he's still getting uh, conditioned back in. So, you're working off an injury. That's cool. Um I think a rookie is going to come to this organization knowing that, like, just because Le'Veon Bell is Le'Veon Bell doesn't mean that, like, everyone else gets to be Le'Veon Bell. Correct. I mean, anyone who, like, watches and, even a little bit of NFL Network knows that, like, a lot of his teammates are annoyed with him. Like, his bosses and coaches are definitely annoyed with him. Like, the fans are definitely annoyed with him. Well, I look at it this I way. Mean, Dude, you're not going to get a long-term deal this year. You're you're not coming down, and they're not coming up. 
your franchise tag. Guess what? Fuck you. Show up. Deal with it. You're getting. You're still getting paid fourteen point five million dollars for one fucking year. You know who's doing it right? Juju. Juju. He comes he, to the activities. He's in he, town. He's still in a rookie year. He's he's modeling. He's, he's still in a rookie he's deal. He's modeling jerseys. And we're gonna talk about those nineteen seventy eight throwbacks that they're gonna wear against the Cleveland Browns on October twenty eighth. I think. All right. But did you um, see Juju's uh, bike riding costume? Uh, no, I did not see his bike riding. Okay, costume. so on on Sunday they closed like Forbes to the Armstrong Tunnel and like the, open streets. And, yeah, open streets. Open streets. Pittsburgh. So so Juju, you know, famous bicyclist that he is, you know, last year with his bike being stolen, that that whole story. Um, so he shows up at open streets wearing like a just it. I can't even describe the pattern. It, it was just like. Jackson Pollock style like color distribution, <laughs> but it was like orange and like yellow, real hot, just like real hot colors, like. And I'm not sure. I, I'm not sure if it was like one of those male rompers or if it was just like short shorts and a matching top. But he was like posed like with the chief of police of the Pittsburgh Bureau of Police, like standing on like the Birmingham Bridge in this getup. I'm just getting... And he was also... And there was also another picture of him riding around with, like, I forget who it was, but a teammate also. So, Juju, you know what? Come to OTAs. Be part of the team. You know, when you have a little downtime, go involve yourself in the community. Okay? Interact with, you know, the folks in law enforcement. And Juju And wear some like... stylish threads. Juju looked like uh, when he was <laughs> modeling that 1978 throwback that they're going to wear. Which is awesome with the block letters and the block numbers, you know, and the and the uh, the stripes the way they were up on the sleeves. Mm. Now, granted, in the seventies they weren't the tucked, solid wrapped around your arm tight, but the stripes were nice. Having those in there, um, he was modeling that. He looked like he bulked up a little bit. Yeah, yeah. He he looked like he he gained twenty pounds of bulk. Well, you know. Yeah, and I don't know if twenty pounds of bulk's good for a wide receiver or not. But well, maybe maybe he's you know. But he's a slot. he's gonna lose some weight in Latrobe. Yeah, he's oh he's Most gonna of move. Us do. <laughs> I've only been there as an observer. I, I, I've I've only been there as an observer. And I know I lost. <laughs> Pretty three sure pounds. I dropped a few pounds. I know I dropped three pounds being dehydrated at ninety five degrees yeah. on the hill. Um, yeah, I mean, he's gonna. I mean, he's a slot guy. Yeah, he, he you know well. He may or may not be a slot guy. You get, you get punished over the slot. So you do. Yeah, you, um, you don't want to be, you know, a waif going over there. I think the best slot receiver the Steelers have was Heinz Ward. Always, yeah. You know, I mean, and he and, was fine. And I'm not, I'm not ready to like argue about the weight of Juju. I'm not ready to argue about the when, weight when of he Juju. starts. When he starts sucking, we can say he's out of shape. But like, he's he's been so much fun. He's a, been a breath of fresh air in this yeah. town. It's it's good to know that. Um, I mean, at least we at least we draft good wide receivers. Yes, I have not met Juju Smith-Schuster yet. I have been in the same room as him, but I have not met him. So, because what you didn't want to you want to have to like shove like five rows of ladies out of the way? No, I was bartending behind a bar at a rave. Oh, <laughs> yeah, sure, okay. I was bartending at a rave. So, how many bottled waters and like lollipops did you serve that night? You'd be <laughs> it was a Tiesto rave. Oh God, really? So. 
And Juju, they had him on stage like, and, hey, and we're here hanging out with Juju Smith-Schuster of the Steelers. And he was on stage, like, jumping up. I'm like, and I was standing there behind the bar, like, I was pouring beers and I was pouring liquor. I'm like, don't jump and you don't get hurt. Yeah, man. Don't twist a knee jumping off, like, a block on a stage. Like, Separated his know, shoulder, fist pumping. Yeah, like, don't do that. <laughs> like, just get down and, like, shake hands and shit like a normal person. Oh, man. He's a guy, you know what, though? Yeah, no. the, yeah. You're going to be in the NFL. What's the point of having all that money if you can't go out and win? Well, he's just hanging it's like out all those there. When Mike Adams got well, stabbed, yeah. and it was like, what's he doing on the south side at 3 in the morning? Like, look, man, like, I make, like, middling, like, income. Okay, and I'm still and on the south side. And if I want to be in the south side buying gyros at three in the morning, then I'm gonna do it. <laughs> Nobody can stop me. I'm not breaking any laws, so the cops can't stop me. My parents can't stop me because I'm an adult, and they're asleep now anyway. <laughs> Even if I still live with them, they wouldn't hear me leave. Well, so like, why why shouldn't he go to a well, rave? Well, just, that just, just don't get arrested. Well, I mean, he had handlers, I'm sure. Yeah, well, good. But have have all that. You're, you're, you can still little, have fun. Your little thing there makes me think of friends. Your, your little thing there makes me think of the uh, coach from Oklahoma State. I'm a man. Come at me. I'm forty. I'm forty. <laughs> you know, I'm a I'm a thirty year old. You know, I I drive to the South Side. I get gyros. I drive home. You know what I mean. Like, I can't afford to have someone drive me to the south side or, like, I mean... Well, you can now. I can now. I'm not going to... No, no one takes Lyft to get takeout. You do Postmates no, or you Uber do Postmates or Grubhub or But or those Uber things Eats. didn't exist back back when I was, like, the age of some of these Yeah, when I, when I was 22. Who were heat for going to the south yeah, side. Yeah, when I was 21 or 22. Yeah. And yeah. anyway, nowadays there's places on the south side where they would actually want to live. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and when that, when we were twenty one and twenty two and going to the south side, like you said, we were scraping up twenty bucks to go get dollar beers and mm-hmm. jacks. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yes. these guys are rolling out with you know a rookie deal at you know call it four million over five mm-hmm. years. Yeah, they didn't have Nakama <laughs> back in our day. Yeah, I don't know, and I couldn't have afforded like Giant Eagle sushi back then anyway, so it didn't matter. Oh, uh, Giant Eagle sushi is not good for you. It's not terrible. You know Coons has sushi now, too? I know. That scares me even more. They they have the nerve to say that it's, like, made in-house by their own sushi chef. Half the people that work at Coons hang out at the R-Bar. I know. <laughs> yeah, I know. Wait a minute. That just scares me even more. They're all um, fine people, but, like... They're all next, great people. Next I time, love the people. Next time I'm, like, there at happy hour, like, I'm just gonna be, like, I'm buying this round, but you gotta talk. Where is the sushi, sushi chef? chef? There is no sushi chef, is there? <laughs> Pretty much. All right, folks, we're going to take a break, and we're going to come back and talk baseball. Um, so we're going to try to figure out how to make this show end on a high note, talking about baseball. We will. We'll figure something out. Baseball's great. It is great. All right, folks, here's another message from our friends at Sorgatron Media Studios here in Beachview. Let's talk tech. Tech news discussions from the people in the industry right here in Pittsburgh. Online, gadgets, startups, and more. Check it out at awesomecast.net. All right, folks. We're back here for our final segment tonight here at Bold Sports. We're going to talk about the Bacos. 
So the Buccos so have been... So much has happened in the Buccos there, there, because they play every day. There's so much... And it's always a shit show. So since we recorded last, I think I'm going to probably overlap a couple games here. Uh, they lost 2-3 or three to the Little Reds. They lost 2-3 or three to the Cards. They lost 2-3 or three to the Cubs. And now they're starting another series. They start tonight against the Cards again, this time on the road in St. Louis. Uh, the Buccos are above 500 by two games or six and a half back in the division. Thankfully, we have a weak division. Um, tonight, uh, Matt did the game. Uh, and uh, let's see. Tonight, the offense was pretty solid. Uh, Polanco had a three-hit night. Cervelli and Bell both went yard. But guess what, Oaks? That bullpen, Vasquez, gave up. The game-winning home run in the ninth for the Cards. I just okay. So they do the comeback. They you know Cervelli hits the home run that they weren't even sure if it was a home run because it hits off the top of the wall. Yep. You know, so back they, they in have the to field, review it. And they and, review it, and it's eight to five. Mm-hmm. And you know, like the Pirates announcers, like they already basically were chalking it up as a win. And I'm thinking, like, there's no way you can chalk this up as a win. Greg Brown, you know better. This is the Pirates. This is the Cardinals. I mean, come on. But, like, even I didn't think that it could really happen in such a spectacular fashion. Except that I did. Well. It's still sinking in. Because as soon as it ended, I, I, like, switched to, like, the, you know, the NBA game. And I watched J.R. Smith do his thing, and I was like, well, I guess it could be worse. Um, <laughs> like you, but now like that you can... mention it, like, that was a really crushing loss tonight. You know, like, they started out terribly. They were down four runs. Um, they started taking the approach of, like, just grind this guy, get him out of here, the starter. So the game was just dragging on forever. Um, you know, but they're chipping away. They're getting back in it, you know, a little bit here and there. And they're, you know, they're getting production out of Polanco. Um, you know, Cervelli continues to be productive. He's having a great year at the plate. Um, Polanco but at no was, point... before tonight, Polanco was 0 for 20. 0 for his last 20. Yeah. And he had a three-hit night tonight. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm just like, all right, thankfully we didn't sit Polanco where I thought we should have been sitting Polanco since Marte came back. And they've been sitting Austin Meadows. Yeah. Uh, and letting Polanco still play, I think, has been a big mistake. Now, Austin Meadows did play the night Monday. Or no, he pinch hit yesterday. And he had a home run. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was a pinch hit home run. Pinch hit home run on Monday. Pinch hit on Tuesday. Didn't didn't hit, I don't think. Correct. Um, I mean, How do you, you take got... a guy that on fire... Even as a rookie, out of the lineup. Jay Hay got his way into the lineup, and Jay Hay got his way to a big contract because he was filling in. Now, granted, Meadows is a center fielder or a left fielder. It's not that big of a transition to right. Maybe in PNC Park because of the shape of the field. Mm. But when you have Polanco, it's 0 for 20, and you have Meadows, it's a rookie that is like, 13 for 25 with three home runs. What the fuck? So, couple thoughts. First of all, like, 
it's it's shaken out to be a platoon situation right now between Polanco and Meadows mm-hmm. because Dickerson's been on fire since you day can't one. say Dickerson either. And Marte is Marte. Marte, uh, is Marte Marte has too many assets defensively to take him out of the lineup unless he's just Marte can close ground. That's why he's in center field. If, if Marte is like, you know, running to third base whenever he makes contact instead of to first, then, like, I guess you need to consider taking his bat out of the lineup. But, like, he's going to have to be pretty unproductive and bad before you consider that because of his defensive assets. Correct. Um, He's got the power occasionally, you know, so you want him in there. Polanco, you know, if you just had paper, if this was just, like, Stratomatic Baseball or, like, your fantasy league, you would bench him. Just based on his numbers compared to what Meadows has been doing. But you have to consider also, like, the contract that they gave him. And they're not ready to just, like, cut him loose. They're, try- they're trying to salvage something. They've given up on a contract before. They're not trying to give up on Polanco. I, I think they still believe... What was believe- the other outfielder that we had that uh, was from the Dominican, had, like, Roberto Clemente tattooed on his chest. Guillen? Played for the Pirates, and then they sent him. He's no longer with the organization. No, no. Uh, it's the last couple of years. Like the no. last two couple of years. Uh, what the hell is his name? Uh, it'll come to me at like five a.m. I'll call you and let you know. But please just text. <laughs> no worries. Um, but and they they gave him a decent contract and he hasn't really he didn't do anything with it and they ended up sending him back down to the minors and he's no longer in the organization. Now I'm not saying Polanco needs to no longer be at the organization, but shit, Yasiel Puig got sent back down to the minors for some shit and it worked itself out. Send Polanco back to I, I will say send him to Indianapolis, maybe send him to Altoona to keep him close. I'm that's nothing. But you can still get here from Indianapolis in a half a day. You are correct. It doesn't take that much longer than it does. Like Altoon is in the cut. I mean, it might it might look close if you're a bird, but like you got to get over the mountains somehow. So Altoon is really not as close. Like our friend has a restaurant in Altoon, and we're always like, "Yeah, we should go check it out." But it's like three and a half hours. You know, you're so, you're you're like you're almost to the Indiana state line in three and a half hours if you go west. But that's not the point. Like, we're, we're trying to fix Polanco. We're not trying to, like, do a math problem about, like, if a right fielder, you know, with a sub-200 batting average leaves Pittsburgh at a rate of 60 miles an hour. Right. Like, but he doesn't do the detour and has to go through the stupid wheeling tunnel. I know. Um, <laughs> what time does he get to Indianapolis, provided he doesn't stop for Skyline Chili on the way? <laughs> <laughs> which could happen. Uh, because I would think that's one of the things that they probably, like, teach you about in your, like, assimilation to, like, Anglophile baseball training. You know? <laughs> They're like, you know, like, Dolores are called dollars. Skyline Chili is just no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, but... So, so, so why... Other than tonight, Polanco has been horrible. No, um, he was on fire for like the first two weeks. I went to bat for him. Well, the first for two like, weeks for yeah, like a yeah. good, a good solid like five days in the in the spring. 
when right. people were like, hey, the pirates suck, don't they? And I was like, actually, Polanco is mashing right now. But, like, what happened? He had seven home runs. In the, the team, first the team stayed good, and he dropped off, and nobody noticed for, like, a minute because they were winning. And, you know, Dickerson was replacing McCutcheon in terms of production from the outfield position. That, well, and batting. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, an outfielder who's productive. Okay. Correct. You had Dickerson. Like, we never had all three of those guys going all at once, even when we had the quote-unquote best outfield in baseball. Yeah. With, with you know, Marte in left, and McCutcheon in center, and Polanco in right. Not, no three of those guys were ever, ever, ever on the same page. Can you imagine <laughs> if they all got hot in the playoffs? I mean, that would have been great. Yeah, that would have been awesome. They might have got past the Cardinals in the first round that one year. Man. You know. It's sad that, like, the Pirates, like, offensive hero in the playoffs, the one year that we actually made a series, was Pedro Alvarez. Who is no longer in the major leagues. He's not. I think he's in the Orioles AAA. I think he's in the AAA with the Orioles. Yeah, is somewhere like that. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's, uh, the bullpen is the biggest biggest, biggest hole that the Pirates have right now. Okay, so the bullpen, you know, they have uh, they've shifted gears for the eighth inning. And they've, they've been putting a lot of faith in Crick. Kyle Crick. We talked about Kyle Crick last week in a positive light. And yes. we're talking about him again in a positive light. He is. And the Pirates lost like six games in the past week. Since the last time we recorded. Correct. And yet, people still like Kyle Crick. So he must be doing something he's right. Doing, he's doing alright. He's doing his job. He's doing his setup guy. He's, he's you know, getting those, those middle innings in there. That, that seven to eight innings Maybe spot. he should close. Because Felipe... Hey. And, like, Greg Brown refuses to call him Vasquez. Yeah, just Romero, because, like, I One of my pet peeves about sports announcers is when they think it's their job... To like comment on like player name changes, or to like even have an opinion well, about someone's name. Well, you know, it's kind of weird anyway. The whole it's situation. Weird. It is a weird situation. It's a weird situation. It's a weird situation. <laughs> and like, I didn't really trust his explanation all that well, and I was just chalking it up to the language barrier and trying to move on with my life. Because I too have a sister, and I've got a very normal relationship with my sister, and I'm planning to keep it that way. And if she told me to like change my last name, I'd be like. No. No. <laughs> and I'd probably make up some bullshit, like, I just don't feel like going downtown, or, like, courthouses scare me or something. But really, it's just like, no. I'm not doing it. <laughs> but okay, Felipe does not have the same approach to, like, sibling, you know, relationships. And is whose place is it to judge? Not mine. Well, also, some of the um, issues that the Pirates have had have been on the base pads. Um, and the base pads where they've had not a lot of steals this year. They've had a lot of um, being thrown out at second and third. No, Polanco did. Um, he, he did a nice little double steal in two pitches. He got a, you know, he got to second, he got to third in a one game um, in a later innings. Uh, but then again, we've talked about Polanco takes about six steps and he's at second base out first. Uh, <laughs> just because he's like six seven, <laughs> You know, something like that. Dude's tall. Yeah. No, he's, I mean... Yeah, but but all in all, 
Pirates are not good. The pirates are not thieving bases. They're not. They're not, and a lot of teams aren't. Um, the catchers are getting so much better. Too. Catchers are getting better. Um, pitchers are getting better about their delivery. Um, you know, analytics have reached into the running game, just like every other aspect of baseball. And you know, like they talk about pop times on every game you watch anymore. I mean, it's it's just um, you know, team teams are going above and beyond like what we thought was possible, and it's really changing the game. Um, some people argue it's not for the better. Like I was just having a conversation last night about the shift because they were uh, talking about shifting yeah. during last night's pirate game and overload in the right side. I'm or not a, the I'm not a side. fan of the shift, but like they were saying how like the commissioner has like sort of hinted that he might want to like make a new rule about shift about, about like you, you, you're only allowed to like shift a certain number of times per game. And I just, I just think that's just asinine. I mean, like baseball's rules have been the same for 150 years. You don't, you don't need, you don't need to go change them. You know, players need to learn how to adapt. Okay. Like teams need to learn how to adapt to a new style where it's harder to steal bases. I mean, you know... And the answer has been to hit for power. I mean, I mean, and we want to talk about shifts. The one shift that I remember to this day started with me when I was in Little League, mm-hmm. where my one coach played the, uh, the fly trap infield, you know, mm-hmm. where the first baseman moved the second, the third baseman moved the short, the second baseman moved out into a shallow right center, and the... Shortstop move out in the shallow left center. Mm. <laughs> I mean, and you can still have a guy hit a ball out and still throw him out of first. Yeah. You know, and so forth. I mean, Little League's different because the right fielder is usually just like some eight-year-old who like hasn't learned how to tie his shoes yet. <laughs> well. You know, but like when I was playing Little League. I mean, League, I played a like lot they, of right field I, too. I could have I could I been neutralized by like a fly trap type setup. You know, because like I never hit the ball on the ground to the shortstop ever. Yeah. Like I would hit it over his head. You probably want a left fielder, and then you probably would wouldn't kill you to have like a deep second baseman. See, to, my like, problem get, get all my like every time I fight off a pitch. My problem playing is I could I'm not fast. So if I hit anything on the ground, mm. I. It, it kind of was a waste of time for me running the first base. <laughs> yeah, in, see, in Little League, once I got to Pony and Colt, when, like, guys were actually throwing actual heat oh, yeah. and curveballs, like, it changed everything. Oh, yeah. But in Little League, like, if if I pulled the ball, it was always, like, straight to the left fielder or to the gap. And if, like, you, like, got me inside or with, like, something too fast for me to handle, like, like I got a lot of base hits where, like, if the right fielder had been, like, a real pro... Or like just some someone who was like on his way to the pros, like he could have thrown me out at first. Yeah, I, I I I played you know? I played way past little league, but um, yeah, I played I played Colt. Like by the, I talked last week about how like Colt was the only team that ever let me play center field <laughs> because that was also probably the worst team I ever played on in any sport, and I just happened to be the best outfielder on a very 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 bad team. But it was a lifelong dream to be center fielder, and I got to wear eighteen just like my. My hero, Andy Van Slyke. Andy Van Slyke. Slick. Loved him. Uh, August 4th, by the way. August 4th is Andy Van Slyke Bubba at night. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Okay. So, um, kind of <laughs> want one. 
<laughs> and I know what you're saying about like pay somebody on the bridge, but eh. come August fourth, we could probably get a ticket for three dollars. Exactly, and uh, nobody on the bridge with a bobblehead is gonna accept three dollars as payment. Um, but we were talking about tear on the base pads, so we have our backup catcher, Diaz. Oh yeah, he was he was um, taking a throw from second base to cover home plate to get the force out at home and then um anthony rizzo kind of slid in a little hot and um it wasn't hot took his took his took his legs out and um diaz ended up throwing the ball up the right field line and being a little injured from the play and uh the, the umpires came back after the phone call from new york that was like no that's clear you're good. It created a lot of uh, heat. Clint Hurdle ended up getting tossed out of the game. Joe Madden said, that's a clean baseball play. Uh, Joe Madden. You know, <laughs> I mean, my man wears, with white hair, rocks a mohawk at times. I used, to know, like, I used to like Joe Madden. When, when he, he was, was a coach for Tampa Bay. When he was in Tampa. <laughs> You know, because like you had to, you had to be unconventional in that organization Correct. because of the division they're in. Yes, um, and they made the and they, they made the most of it. They made the most. They, they made. Did they make the world? Yeah, they made the World Series. No, they didn't make the World Series. Yeah, they yeah, they lost to Philly. Uh, that wait, was, was that that one with the game that last no doubt. Days? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. They lost to the they lost to the Phillies that one year. Wow. All right. So anyway, fine. Whatever. Madden. You know what? I want to sue him. I, I think that the Pirates fans deserve to sue him. Yeah. Because he came out and said, and he's always like so like, he acts like he's the smartest guy in the room. It's really annoying. And he's like, well, I'm really just concerned about the fans because they seem really misinformed. Like the way that they boo Anthony Rizzo, like he did something wrong. And then, and then Major League Baseball comes out and says that like, as a matter of fact, like, he did yeah. deviate from He did deviate. He should have been called like interference. You never, ever, ever see somebody score at home plate from inside the baseline. It never happens. When you make the turn, rounding third, unless you're running really slow, you make it wide, you're in foul territory, and you've got the whole circle behind the plate of dirt through which you can throw your body. And all you've got to do is reach your hand out and get that tag in before the catcher's glove or pull your hand away and go with your other hand around the tag if you're crafty. There's no need, even if there is a double play on at another base, there is no need to go inside the base path and slide at a player like that. We have changed the neighborhood rule on plays at second base. Yep. Because of that very reason, because of player safety, we have the Posey rule to protect catchers now, the, because the, of player the safety. The announcers we've been talking about, that's the Buster Posey rule And the right only there. person who didn't think that that was the Buster Posey rule, apparently, was Joe Madden. And, Every fan, and apparently all, all 6,000 fans. And apparently the umpires, and even they called New York, they were on the phone in New York, they lost their replay and come back, and it's like, there's no interference, he's good. But they came back and got it right. After the fact, which After does the nothing fact, does nothing for Diaz, you know, does nothing does for, for the Diaz, Pirates. Does for the Pirates in that, in that situation. 
Uh, but so my point is Joe Madden slandered pirate fans by calling us basically a bunch of hooting Yahoo idiots. And then when the we were day, actually more informed about the rules of baseball than he was. And the next day, they play the Cubbies. Uh, or was it the next day? Or the day? Yeah, it was the next it day. It was the next day they played the Cubbies. Cubs game. And, uh, I did it. And uh, Musgrove, our pitcher, slides into second slides base. Slides into second base. Clear violation of the neighborhood, like, bona fide Slides into rule. second base hot. He didn't go. Or his, it wasn't terrible. Like he didn't go. He didn't go, he didn't go out of his way. He didn't go out of his way. He slid over top of the base. Yeah, it's not like he started he, his slide late. He started. It, he, this was not a like. I hope I get to the base slide. This yeah. was like I want to go through the person standing on. The yes, base. It, it's it's. But he, then he also pulled up at the end, so he didn't actually like take out Baez's knees. He could have. He could have. Like he he, he could have. He didn't but, pull a full tie Cobb. It was kind of a pop up slide. It was, but, but he, when you're but the, he, when you're as big as Joe Musgrove and he's not a small dude, but he didn't pop up until after he was over the base, so he got the guy. Then he got the guy, and, and then, then he walked away. He walked away. But Message then, sent. But there was verbal going on. The benches cleared. The dugout or the bullpens came down. There was no punch. I haven't seen thrown. a Pirates reliever run that fast. The, there, there was no since Jared Hughes left. There, there was no, there was no um, punches thrown. None of that. They went and reviewed the play. Josh Harrison was the one to hit the ball. If they would have called interference on Musgrove, Josh Harrison would have been out. They came back and waved the safe sign. And then uh, I was actually able to listen to, I believe it was Greg Brown and Steve Blast. That on night, the radio, yeah. That night. Yeah, yeah. Bob Walks on TV. Um, I believe I got to listen to those two. And um, they, they, they were like, if this comes back... As an interference call, this is just blatant BS from the night before and everything else and so forth. And I'm like, yeah, if this goes back as an interference call, this is going to be, that, that's a riot right there. Um, but, you know. Uh, it's it, good that Musgrove, you know. It's good that Musgrove. Baseball with the unwritten rules, uh, it polices itself. Yeah. And like. A lot of times the Pirates have been accused of basically dereliction of duty. Right. And the you only know, thing like is, McCutcheon is... gets beamed in the elbow and nobody retaliates. Um, you know, my my idea, and this is relevant now because of what Tampa's been doing with their opening pitcher, where they've been like running a reliever out for the first inning and then go into like someone else for like the two through seven. <laughs> like there were times when, in the past where it's like, well, they got to beam somebody, like, first inning to send a message. But then baseball, like, has warned both clubhouses. Yeah. So it's like, well, we can't lose our starting pitcher. That's why you you need one goon pitcher, like an enforcer. Like, well, like I, Vasquez I, I, yeah. after he pitched three nights in a row. Yeah. And he's, like, not available for relief. But he's available to come in and, like, being somebody in the first... No, not even three pitches. One pitch. Yeah. You know, the umpire says, like, hey, any 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 high and tight, and any, like, you know, you go booty hunting with a fastball, you're out. And the manager's out. And you say, like, okay, bench coach, like, here's all my secret plans for the game, you know, and here's my, like, most tired, worn-out reliever who I'm not going to use today, but you you know what? I need I need 88 miles an hour on his tailbone. And then, and then you go take a shower and have yourself a beer. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, that kind of reminds me back to Cole Hamels and Bryce Harper. Yes. <laughs> Which, like, we've talked about that situation. I mean, I mean, I mean, and, and basically... Cole Hamels was kind of being a dick. He was. Kind of being a bully. He was, he, he was, a, he was being a complete bully and a complete dick. Just because Bryce Harper is, like, you know, a pretty boy. Bryce Harper gets called up as first bat in Major League Baseball, and they're playing the Phillies. Cole Hamels He did nothing pitching. to anyone. He, he did, did nothing, nothing wrong first to bat. He walked in the batter's box at, at 19 years old. All he did wrong was have parents who love him... And yeah. baseball writers who were willing to he, talk he was, about him. He was hyped, there, and they talked about this dude. I kind of love the Bryce Harper. Best thing since sliced bread. Cole Hamels beans him square in the back. And the only thing Cole Hamels did wrong was admitted it. Because. They, now, see, admitting it is what makes it a perfect story. Well, because they, uh, they, they they looked at Cole Hamels in the locker room and says, You hit Bryce Harper uh, first pitch in the back. Uh, was that on purpose, or did, you, or did you lose control? He goes, "Hey, lose control. I hit him on purpose." He goes, "This kid's the best thing since Babe Ruth." They're talking about the best thing since sliced bread. He goes, "Welcome to the bigs, kid." That's perfect. He's then. like, "Yeah, I hit him on purpose." If he had lied, he would have never like. Been, <laughs> well, like, we wouldn't be telling this story like, here. Like nine three years times, later, you, know? you know. And then they look at, and then they, and then Major League Baseball suspends Cole Hamels for four games. Then they come That's back. Nothing. To, they come back and look at Cole Hamels. This. Best part was he goes. They says Cole. This is after that you beating Bryce Harper. You know you got suspended four games. How do you feel about it? He goes. I don't give a shit. I won't miss a start. I only exactly. play every five games. It's a slap on the wrist. <laughs> and that's why sometimes the rules are stupid and the unwritten rules are necessary. Yes. Because the umpires, even with replay, are idiots and wrong. Correct. And sometimes, you know what's you know what's like never misinterpreted, a fastball. Okay, like four guys watching like a video replay and talking on the phone to some people in New York. Like you can lose something in translation sometimes. You know what is the same in every language? Seams and a Rawlings on your ass cheek. <laughs> that is true. Um, you know, there's there's a couple different sports that we've all thought about. Over the years, with especially with the Steelers and Patriots, when we had to play each other, we're like, "Who's the guy on the team that really isn't ever going to see the field? Send him out there to like take Tom Brady's <laughs> head off." Yeah, yeah. Yo, we'll pay your fines. Yeah. You're going to take the suspension, but just go take Tom Brady's head yeah. off, and we'll take care of it. You know, it's like in hockey where you're like, "Who's the guy that's not going to be needed on the team and whatnot?" And why is George Larock taking the opening face-off? <laughs> <laughs> you know, against Alex Ovechkin. I mean, you know, who's the guy? We're like, all right, you're gonna get, you're, you're gonna take a seat for this one, and we'll take care of that. But just, just go make that happen. Like, yeah. But that's the thing in sports. I mean, it, and it, it's heated. It's 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 a kids' game that adults get to play and get paid well to do it. Um, it doesn't matter if you're 12, 22, 32, or forty two. Shit, I played golf with my kid this week. Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> and my kid's 22, and we're playing golf, and he it's his second year playing golf. He's, he started to get into golf because a bunch of his buddies were, and yeah, he's, yeah. he's in a fire department and everything okay. else. So I bought him a set of clubs for Christmas, like a beginner set and whatnot, and he's still working on how to use them. And mm. he's got that, you know, that he's got that two shots that keep you coming back. Yeah. You know. That's all it is for me. Uh, you know. I mean, I'm, I'm 38 years old. And like, I've never yeah. really progressed beyond that point. You know, he's still fun. You know, he's, you know, I, I, I play 
I play to enough that where like my friends will still play with me, <laughs> but yet I really can't get any better. <laughs> but I still don't see you until the end of the round. Yeah. Because you're looking for your ball in the fairway, and I'm looking for my ball in the woods. Ah. <laughs> uh, yeah. It depends on what hole it's. But anyway, yeah, yeah. I, so I play with my kid, and I, I ended up shooting. I ended up uh, shooting eighty three, and he ended up shooting ninety seven. It's not bad. So that's not bad. We played Frosty Valley twice. Yeah, and, you know, and Frosty Valley's under construction right now. Okay. So there's two holes that aren't playable. So they made two other holes out of those Phantom Greens and tees they have. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll tell you about it after we're done. Is it? Do you like it better or worse? I mean. Uh, not not to talk shit. Like I'm look, I'm well aware of construction, okay? As as a daily sometimes user of the Liberty Bridge, like, sometimes there's no easy out, okay? Okay. So the one hole that's on a construction, I'm quite alright that that hole's not available right now. Okay. The other hole I'm like, man, I really like that hole. But the two holes that you replace it with, I'm like, huh? We'll talk about that later. But anyway, folks. After uh, hours, you got you got to subscribe to the bonus segment. For <laughs> uh, this has been another exciting episode of Bold Sports. Matt and I will be back with you next week with another edition and, and hopefully uh, a lot more exciting things in the NHL, the NBA playoffs, their finals. Happy Pirate Talk. Happy Pirate Talk. Riverhounds goal. Riverhounds goals. I just and, said you said go- plural. You're big time. Oh. Okay, goals. Uh, yeah, goals. Let's do it. Let's do it. And we're gonna find out what else is going on uh, coming up because we're almost out of like sports other than baseball and yeah, you know, soccer, baseball and World Cup. Well, uh, that's all you. We got a month. Got a month till World Cup. I'm ready. All right, folks. Y'all have a great week. Enjoy it and let us know what you think about. Hey, Ian's. Thanks for listening to Bold Sports. You can always listen at Sorgatron Media on Stitcher, iTunes, or wherever you uh, love to listen to podcasts. Make sure to catch us every Wednesday for your recap and breakdown of your favorite local sports and news of the weekend for the upcoming game expectations. You can contact us at Steve Renault on Twitter, at MMTacy on Twitter, or at BoldPGH on Twitter. Hashtag BoldSports. Bold Pittsburgh on the Facebook, or BoldPGH.com. <laughs>